Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. We kind of package uh, what happens through our sermons in series. So usually they're about four to six weeks. And it's kind of like a book where each week is a different chapter. And I want to just challenge you, man, when we start one, stick it out. And if you miss a week, get on the podcast on our website and listen in. You need to go back and listen to last week's as we talk about Accelerate. Uh, this is more than just a series. This is something where... I actually believe it's an experience for you and for everybody in this room. And, and the reason is because as we were preparing, we being my wife and I, uh, by the way, my name's Carrie. Um, I pastor the church here with my wife and a few other pastors that are on staff here. And uh, as we were preparing for 2016, we were praying about what did God want to do in the lives of the people of the movement church? And, you know, we're always going to be about reaching the one that's far from God to help them find life in Christ and life in the church. And we're going to build authentic relationships. We're going to do what we can uh, with outreach and, and, and social justice works, both locally and globally. But, but what's a, a target we can aim at for 2016? And, and both my wife and I just felt the Holy Spirit just kind of dropped this in our heart that, that this year is a year to accelerate. And not just to go faster, not just to push the pedal to the metal and try to kick it into high gear, but, but really the definition of accelerate is to really begin to strengthen or, or to cause greater development or progress or advancement. So it's about developing and becoming uh, or fostering the purpose and the uniqueness of what God is doing in each of us by design. That this year would be the year that God accelerates his dream for your life, accelerates his purpose for your life. That this year would be the year that you, you accelerate health in your marriage. That this would be the year that as you're finishing college or you just got done and you're pursuing career, that, that God would begin to bring clarity to purpose and destiny. That, that this would be the year that it would accelerate greater development, and progress, and advancement. And so we like to start every year off the same way, just kind of committing it and consecrating it to God, saying, we're going to take the first month of this year and give it back to you. So we're going to explore what accelerate means for our lives over the course of the next few weeks. But I also want to challenge you, don't be a spectator in this series, be a participator. We're going to challenge you, we'll tell you more about this later in the service, but to do four things, starting today, read, pray, move, and change. Read, pray, move, and change. We're going to give you the tools to do just that. But what, what would happen if each of us in this room said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go for it. For 21 days in the month of January, believing that this year is going to be different, better, fuller, experiencing the fullness of what God has for me and what God has for us as a church. We're stoked about it. So don't miss a week. And if you do, get on the podcast. But more importantly, take the 21-day challenge, read, pray, move, and change. We'll tell you more about it later on in the service. But I want to challenge you with one other thing. The heartbeat of the movement church, that what makes the beat heart, wait, yeah, what makes the heart beat, <laughs> and makes the beat heart, that's why I say it now. What makes the heart beat is called our connect groups. These are small groups that meet throughout the week. 
And we do three semesters, so they have a starting point and a finishing point, and we're about to ramp up for another connect group. And connect groups are centered around the passions of the things that you love. Uh, Pastor Jeremy actually leads a knitting connect group. He's really good at knitting and crocheting, like on point. Like, I can't even tell you. It's, his knitting is on fleek. That's his hashtag for his life, his website, Jeremy Knitting on Fleek. You can check it out. And, but it just, it's built around the passions that you have. If you love to surf, man, you can be a part of a surfing connect group. If you love to explore the book of Romans, and you can be a part of a, a connect group around the book of Romans. But can I just tell you that these connect groups are led not by just the leadership of this church, but by you. And the craziest thing is this. The greatest connect group leaders in our church are sitting in this room right here, right now. And you may not have actually led one yet. If you're here today and you're like, man, I... I'm interested, or I'd like to know more about that. Would you do me a favor and just text the word lead to the number that's on the screen right now? Listen, if you love it, lead it. You don't have to have a a degree in biblical theology to lead a connect group. In fact, it could be just a group of guys sitting around a table at Starbucks or, uh, you know, wherever, just encouraging each other in the journey. Or, uh, you know, some couples getting together to try to strengthen our marriage. It doesn't matter what, well, there are some parameters you can't cross certain lines. But no matter what, whatever you're passionate about, if you love it, lead it. And if you're here today and you're mildly interested, or if you've been thinking about it for a few weeks, months, or years, today is the day to just jump on board and see what God can do. We'll give you all the tools you need. But what if this year, hey, what if this year you were the change agent for someone else's life because you simply decided to lead a connect group? How cool would it be to be a game changer in someone else's life. Text the word lead. Jump on board and let's see what God can do. Can I get a what, what? Can I get an amen? Hey, you're better with the what, what. We'll stick with that today. We're stoked about this series, really are. And, and, and I want to just kind of unpack a, a facet, a component of Accelerate today. And before I do that, I want to read a, a, a scripture to you. It's found in, in uh, 2 Peter Chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And I just want to read this passage to you and and we'll unpack what this means for you and for me. But check this out. In fact, this is really one of my favorite verses. I I have three life verses. Romans 8, 28, Ephesians 2, 10, and 2 Peter 1, 3. These are like the verses that I kind of live my life by and around. And this is one of the most encouraging ones. And and that is this. It starts off here at verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 3. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promise so that through them you may make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and with virtue Knowledge And with knowledge, self-control. And with self-control, steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. Listen to this. For these qualities are yours. And are increasing. They keep you from being, check this out, ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks These qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from the former sins. So therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For check this out. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. I want to talk about accelerating growth 
today, accelerating growth. No matter how you came in, uh, maybe you're from a different faith background, or maybe you're brand new to faith, or maybe you've been serving or a Christ follower for decades. I believe God wants to accelerate growth in our life. Can we pray? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we just thank you for what you're doing here in this place. God, none of us came in at the apex of our life. None of us have arrived. All of us have some things that we can grow in and do better in. And so God, today as we unpack accelerating growth, would you just help us to keep our ears open to hear and our hearts open to receive? We give you permission to rearrange the furniture in our lives today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, what, what? No, let's try it again. Everybody said, what, what? I don't know why. I just thought I'd do that. So you're welcome. <laughs> hey, listen, I, as Megan and I, that's my wife. She was up here earlier. She's the hottie with the body. As we were getting prepared for 2016, we, we have made it a goal and a project and a mission every year in the beginning of the year to take a few days uh, and actually sometimes weeks to prepare and really align our life and refocus on the things that are the most important so that we are intentional about life in the year. And we believe we actually have the ability to manage our life and not let life manage us. And that is the same with our spiritual journey and our walk. And so we're praying through and exploring some things. And, and I don't know if you know this, but you, everyone in this room, God uniquely crafted and designed you with what are called spiritual giftings. And these are things that you might think come naturally to you, but other people would go, man, I wish I could do that. Maybe you're the greatest planner and organizer known to man, and it just comes now. You think in Excel spreadsheet, like, and you just love it. And man, that just lights you up. Organizing things is amazing. Maybe some of you, it's public communication. Maybe for some of you, it's, you just love to have people in your home and making the house ambiance and the smell amazing and the food prepared and you put the cheese perfectly on the slate and it's got the, you know, the little signs and the grapes and all these things. And and you think, man, you're just good at it, but you are good at it, but it's actually a spiritual gift mix that God uniquely crafted you for to do something bigger than you realize with. It's, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling. Some of you actually, I can tell, have a spiritual gifting of being really good looking. I mean, I'm impressed. Some of you, not so much. You have a face made for radio. and That's okay. We love you too. That's a spiritual gifting in and of itself. But I found out in this exploration of faith in 2016 that I have an amazing spiritual gifting that I always just thought came naturally to me. People would always be amazed by it when they saw me like, whoa, that's impressive. I just, oh, everybody's not, you know what my spiritual gifting is? Eating. Can I get an amen and a what what from a people today? I, I am good at eating. Oh, good at it, man. I'm gifted. Like, like not the gifted, like that kind of gift, like really gifted at eating, right? Anybody, anybody just love foods? I heard somebody say, you know what? You should not live to eat. You should eat. No, I heard somebody say, you shouldn't eat to live. You should, wait, I can't even, I'm so thought and caught up in food right now. Someone told me some demonic phrase that living to eat is foolish and you should just eat to live, which means, you know, a couple almonds and baby carrots and hummus. And I'm like, you ain't never been eating with this guy before. And so like, I like burgers with fatty grease, cheese, onions, and bacon. Can I get it? If there's bacon in the beef and on the beef, it's like Jesus shows up. Yes, Jesus. And so um, I didn't know it was a spiritual gifting of mine. But here's the, the, the adverse effect of that is I grow naturally. I don't have to do anything. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. 
That is the kind of growth that just comes effortlessly. And you know what's interesting about growth is that there are certain kinds of growth that we don't mind at all. Remember as a child, I don't know if you did this, but, but as a child, every year on our birthday, and just sometimes randomly throughout the year, my, my dad or my mom would say, okay, come here. And we'd lean up against the door frame and put our heels together, and they'd put a rule or a book on top, and they would mark the line, and they'd write your little initials and the date. Remember that? And you'd step back, and you're so proud. You're an inch taller, three inches taller. You hit that puberty stage, and like you start skyrocketing. I didn't skyrocket. I just got fatter. But, you know, either way, you just kind of, as a spiritual gift my whole life, I didn't know it was a gift. I'm gifted, guys. Okay, so anyways, there's some kinds of growth that we really enjoy. But there's some kinds of growth that we hate, right? I mean, how many of your children, if you have kids today, love school? Not, not very many, maybe one or two. And, and listen, you don't love school either. Otherwise, you'd still be in school right now. And the only people that love school are called teachers, right? You're not the person that keeps going back to college to get another degree and another degree. Like, why are you doing this, right? And I, you know, I, that's a good thing. I'm encouraging. I'm just saying, like, nobody really loves that kind of growth. Why? Because it's challenging. It forces us to be disciplined. It forces us to adjust some things. And, and the truth is, sometimes in order to grow, we have to remove some things. In preparation for this month, my wife and I, our pastoral team, we're fasting for 21 days. But my wife is like, hey, let's go bigger and better. Let's do 30 days. She's like, yeah. So we're doing a whole 30, which means no, like, everything you love. I mean, you can eat burgers Only. You know what I would give right now for a bun just to pour sugar on it? Just carbs and sugar just to eat it. I don't even, I don't even, I just would love it, right? So but I, I'm, I'm actually losing weight and getting healthier. I am growing even though my waistline is shrinking. Why? Because I'm removing the unhealthy components of my life. And I believe, look at me in the eyes. We, we, Megan and I are legit about this. We don't just have church for the sake of having fun and gathering together as Christians to say, hey, look, we have church. We actually are a part of a community that's going to do something with our lives and change the world. Yeah, that's where you're, you're seated next to idealists. I hope you're okay with that. Now, we are the kind that will aim for the stars, and it's okay if we miss. We'd rather aim for that than a pile of crap and hit it. Can I get a what, what, amen? And so that's the kind of place that you're in. Uh, that's why we have Shamu on the wall. We designed him to just remind us of going for it and dreaming. And so, um, so listen, hey, I believe that this year is going to be, look at me in the eyes, lean in for a minute, the greatest year of your life. I believe God wants to unpack and unleash something amazing to accelerate his dream, his purpose, his calling, a healthy marriage, a healthy life, destiny, in your life, but it will never come without growth. And the growth that this will require may sometimes be painful. It may require removing things, and it may not be the thing that you always want to do. Here's the thing that we want to challenge you to do is always ask the question, what is my next step? You hear that a lot in the movement church over the next few years. What is my next step? God, what do you, what's the next step for Whether you have been a Christ follower for two days, two weeks, two years, 20 years, we can always take a next step. And that's our objective this year. How can we accelerate the growth in our life by not remaining stagnant? And here's the, cha- the, the great thing is that the key to a healthy and full life is growth. You cannot be a Christian by accident. You cannot be a Christ follower. It requ- to live a Christ-centered life requires some growth on the inside. And that's what the author Peter is talking about here. As he unpacks some powerful passages for us, that's the amazing thing about the Word of God is it's not just a book that is written for fun for a pastor to preach about, but it's actually applicable to your life and mine today. 
And so Peter says this. He says, in the very beginning, one of my favorite verses, his divine power has granted to us or to me or to you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Listen, folks, the scripture is saying he is all that you need. He has everything you need to live a fulfilled life. He has everything you need for life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him. Everything that you need. The peace that you long for in your life. Joy, unspeakable joy. To raise kids in the manner that you hope to pray for and believe for the, the godly man that's going to come at the right time or the godly woman. Believe it for the promote Everything that you are praying for, he has everything that we need and it comes through the knowledge of him. But the challenge is we'll often try anything but the knowledge of him. We'll trust in schemes and plans of men. We'll put our faith and our hope in our economy. We'll put our faith and hope in our ideology or our ambitions. Or we will put more energy into discovering ourselves and knowledge of ourselves rather than understanding the knowledge of him. You ever heard somebody say, I'm just going on a journey of discovering myself? That'd be a very boring journey. I just throwing that out there. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Pause for effect. I just wonder what would happen if we spent our time discovering the knowledge of who he is. And listen, there's practical ways to that, right? Prayer is an opportunity for me to convey my nature to God and to hear God speaking. The reading the word is an opportunity where God speaks through his nature. I use this illustration all the time. I can tell by the way that my phone rings if my wife is ticked off at me, excited, happy, stressed. By the way, she says, hello. How are you? I'm in California. Oh, no, not that. Sorry. I can tell by the way she says hello if she's excited, discouraged. Why? Because I know her nature. I know the tones of her voice. I know the cadence of how she speaks and what she's walking through because I've known her as a married man for almost 15 years. We've been rolling hard. We've been ride or die since 1997. You are welcome. Some of you weren't even born then. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, right? Because I know our nature. Well, how do you understand the nature of God? It's through his word. We can understand his nature. And so that's how we grow in the knowledge of him. Do you know it's not only in our aloneness that we meet God. It's in the community of faith called the church. God wants to meet you in a community of people just like this. That's why we challenge you. Don't just merely attend but belong to the movement church. Because we're creating a community where anyone can belong. If you've never taken a step today after this service, across the halls of Welcome to Church Party, it's the best way to find out who we are, but more importantly, how God's crafted you to be a part of what God's. You can come tonight to our team nights, the biggest party of the month, and it happens every, yep, see, I'm trying to tell you. I don't try to tell you. Listen, God wants to us to understand the knowledge of who he is because it's the key to a, fu- a fulfilled life. Look at what the scripture continues on. It says this. Who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Can I just tell you, if you don't hear anything else, the greatest thing you could hear today is that God has called you. Revelation 3.20, the last book in the Bible, paints an amazing picture. Jesus is standing at the door of our heart knocking. Just saying, man, I want to come in. 
I want to be involved in your life from the day since you were being formed and fashioned in your mother's womb, God was creating and crafting a calling within you. He called you. But not only that, this passage of scripture is saying that he has promises for you. And they're great. They're enormous. His promises for you are to take care of the great things, the things that seem insurmountable, the things that seem like we can't get past this, we can't move this. God's promises are for you. But his promises are also very precious and of great value. I told this story towards the end of the year last year, and some of you have heard this, but we, had, we were blown away by an amazing blessing in October of last year. I went to a church service for a friend, and I met a pastor named Tom, literally met him there, and we talked for about 20 minutes, and that was it. He called me three days later on Wednesday and said, hey, Carrie, listen, I know this is crazy, but after I met you, I felt like God just dropped it in my heart to give you my car. And I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, no, I'm dead serious. He drove it over that night and it's a fully loaded Lexus SUV, tricked out, less mileage than my Toyota Yaris that has manual windows. Three cylinders, it's not four cylinders, is that cool? We cut a hole so we can run on the ground in our Yaris, it's pretty exciting. And what, what he didn't realize is that six months earlier, my daughter Avery, who's six years old, rode with a friend in their car that had a third row and she came home and told Megan, man, we need a third row in our car. Because our yard, you have to lean in because it kind of closes in on you like this. And, and you're like, hey, what's up? And they're like, right here. So it's weird when it's a stranger with my wife. I love it because we can just kiss and talk the whole time. Because we still make out. And so I'm just going to continue on. And, and so she's like, we need a third row. And I'm like, you know what? Let's pray. Well, when this guy drives up, this is an SUV that has a third row in the back. My little girl, six years old, goes in the bathroom, closes the door. My wife walked by and heard us say, God, thank you for answering my prayers and giving us a car with a third row. Do you know, do we need a third row? No. But God knew that that very precious, small promise was a game changer for my daughter. Whoa. She'll never forget that. You know what that told her? That when I pray, my God hears. He may not always answer the way that I want him to, but my God hears because he has great promises and very precious promises. Hey, look at me in the eyes. Some of you walked in this room and you have failed to say the things that, God, this is what I'm believing you to do because it feels insignificant to you. Or maybe worse, you feel like your life is insignificant. But he called you. He has great things for you and you are precious to him. You're precious to him. And you know what he wants? He wants you to grow. He wants you to grow. Listen to this. Let's read on. So that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He's saying, look, through the promise, the promise is Jesus. God's got, I got promises for you. And as an act of good faith, I give you Jesus. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid the ultimate price. Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And God says, hey, you can have a full, amazing, healthy, Christ-centered life. And to prove it to you, I'm going to give my son. Not so you can live a mediocre, lame life, but so you can live life to the, uh, the fullest, to an abundance. And that's God's promise for you and for me. 
Jesus is the offering that says, God is still in this with you, still for this, but hey, it may require growth. Listen, Jesus is the key to the promise, but growth is the key to understanding the blessings. And growth is a choice. Always has been, always will be. You know, I've noticed in Orange County, we're really good at doing, is building our life towards a life of leisure and convenience. We begin to remove anything that requires challenge. We remove obstacles. We do everything we can to create a life that is simple and easy and it just makes sense. Why? Because most challenges will require us to grow. Something that we face we've never faced before requires us to learn to advance. And so we like to remove those things. And I believe in the process we can tend to settle for something less than God had planned for us. Something that he has not created us to do. Listen to what he says here. He says, the key is growth. For this very reason, I make, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. He's saying the key to this full life, the way to experience a full life is to make every effort to supplement your faith. So grow. So give it all you've got to bring your A game and say, man, I'm going for it. I'm going to give this Everything that I, if you want a full life, then be committed to growth. Be committed to growth. Hey, being a Christ follower doesn't come naturally like my waistline grows as I eat more food. Being a Christ follower takes effort and intentionality. A few few weeks back, actually no, a few days ago, I was meeting with Pastor Jeremy at Whole Foods because they have food that we can eat there because it's okay and there's no sugar and no carbs. Like a burger wrapped in lettuce and the rabbits are eating it too because that's what they do. It's like exciting. And so we were hanging out, excited, talking, praying with each other, believing about what God's going to do this year. And, you know, El Nino decided to hit this week. Um, and so, you know, awesome. So we need the ranch good. We walk outside. It's raining. We walk up to Jeremy's car and guess what? He's got a flat tire. Which is super exciting. So we go and get in his trunk and we get out. This, he drives a Volvo. He's got the most bougie jack in the history of the world. Takes like a retinal scanner and then like you have to like, you know, you call the president, say give permission. And they turn the keys and then we just start to jack it up like that. It's just crazy. And so we like align it and we're jacking this car up and we did all right. I love changing tires. It's like one of my favorite things. You feel like a man. Hands are greasy. Like it's like your job is accomplished, right? So we get the spare out of the trunk, right? And if you've never seen a spare, like it's called a donut. And because it looks like your car is going to blow up the moment you put it on your car. It looks like a skateboard tire. It's about that awesome. And so we put that on and we crank this jack down after calling the president again. And, and guess what happened? The spare's flat. Are you freaking kidding me right now? It's raining. Of course, Orange County rains. So like, <laughs> you know, everybody in Orange County like, get their hoods up and running, sprinting to their car because of it's like <laughs> El Nino. I know there's bad things happening, but I'm just saying like, that's it. Okay. And so like, we're dang it. So get in my car and drive my family home. And I go to my neighbor's house. He's got this air compressor. So we bring it back to Whole Foods and and all the people coming out of the Whole Foods from Orange County are like, what are y'all doing? I don't understand. Is this what? I've never seen somebody. Is this, are you changing it? We're like, we're changing a tire. Yeah, this is what it looks like. They're like, oh, I thought people do that for you. And so we're changing, we're changing this tire. We're filling up. Like, that's legit. That's legit. So we're, we're filling up. We're, okay. We're inflating this tire, the, the spare. And then I, I get in my car. Jeremy gets in his car. And, and here's the thing about the spares. You can't go over 50 miles an hour in this thing. And you understand because it's a tiny little tire. 
It's tiny. And you can't go on highways. You have to stay on surface streets. And we drive to the tire shop, and Jeremy gets it repaired. But I was just thinking about that whole process. And I thought, you know, it'd be so easy to walk out to this flat tire and Jeremy to go, oh, you know what? I failed. I should have checked it, the tire pressure, before I drove this morning. And you know what? I, maybe I should have rotated them more often. I've not been hitting that every 6,000 miles thing. And I failed at this thing. It'd be easy to throw your hands up and just let it be a flat tire. Or to go, okay, fine, let's put the spare on and put the spare on and then just drive around and just realize, you know what, I'm just going to leave the spare. I don't want to drop the cash. Because, you know, if you buy a new tire, you have to get two. You can't just get one. You've got to get two new tires. I'm just going to say it. It'd be easier just to drive the donut. And, and I know that I can't go on the highways and I, and I know that I can't go over 40 miles an hour. And really this is, you know, it's not exactly what I want, but it'll be fine. And I feel like we do that in life. We face obstacles, or what I would like to call opportunities for growth. And can I just throw into that mixture failure? Failure is an opportunity for growth. And we face these obstacles, and it's like we throw our hands up, and sometimes for many of us, it's the question of why didn't I? Why am I here again? Or maybe there's someone in your life saying, why didn't you? You should be smarter than this. And we just... Get frustrated about it. And instead of choosing growth, some, some people are just driving around on flat tires. Or some of us throw the spare on and we settle for the spare. We can't get to the destination as fast as we'd like. We can only go 40 miles an hour. Don't get on the highway. You probably have a, 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 a bookend on how long this spare is actually going to last. But I'm just going to be okay with it for now. And I wonder how many of us in this room are settling for mediocre living. Or second rate life. Simply because we're choosing not to grow. I wonder what destinations many of you, listen to me, would be at today if instead of choosing a second-rate life, you chose growth. Now, what I'm not saying is, I wonder where you'd be if you hadn't made the mistakes you've made in the past. I'm asking about growth. I feel like some of us just stand there at the the flat tire and just go, what am I going to do now? Just get a new car. <laughs> but we do that in our marriages, don't we? Or in friendships and relationships. The moment somebody in our world rubs us the wrong way, and, and I just want to punch them in the face. It's like, I've, they're dead to me. Forget them. I wonder, I wonder if God designed that relationship to rough up some of the edges on you. Accelerate growth. I wonder where we'd be in this life if we chose growth instead of just the mediocre places that we are. Listen, so he, he begins to unpack what areas of growth are possible. And this is what's great about the word is there's always options. And so he's going to unpack a, a few things. I'm going to read them to you. But this is just like an idea. It's, it's presenting a picture that there's always an area. There's always room for improvement. Listen to this. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement. So choose growth. Supplement your faith. Hand in hand. Walks with not just a declaration of faith. Not just saying I believe. But supplement that hand in hand with Virtue. What is that virtuous course of thought or feeling action? Choosing to do what is right. Maybe for some of us, the area of growth is where we would normally choose to do what I want. This year, this month is going to be about choosing to do what is right. And virtue, supplement that with knowledge. 
And virtue, supplement that with knowledge. What does that mean? That means to begin to understand your faith. Look at me, Christ's follower. The season of you just being okay with church attendance as a summation of your faith is over. God wants you to accelerate your growth. So begin to understand more about who he is, what he's called you to do, and what he has planned for you. The scripture says you can never know the depth, nor height, nor width, nor expanse of who God is. Why? Because there's always a new facet, a new component. And thank God, because no matter how life is, good, bad, lame, boring, it doesn't matter. God is always greater. He's always greater. So supplement your virtue with knowledge, so expand your knowledge. Constantly learn more. That's why Paul said, I just want to know him more. The greatest apostle wrote most of the New Testament. Most of the words that he penned are the foundation of our faith. And at the end of his life, he just said, I just want to know God more. And knowledge add self-control. This just means one who's mastered his desires and passions. Does that mean you can't ever fail? No, it just means you're working towards saying no. And knowledge with self-control, what's the next passage? And with self-control, steadfastness. With self-control, steadfastness. This is someone who is not wavering from the purpose and the call that God has. Steadfastness, I'm staying steadfast to my faith and calling. No matter what comes, if I face a flat tire, I'm not going to let that to define who God is in my life or the role that he plays through my life. I will stay steadfast that my faith will not be moved by the greatest trials and sufferings that I walk through. And this was written by a man to a persecuted church. Last time I checked, Orange County, we are not persecuted for coming to a place and serving God. There are people today in different countries who are meeting in basements under the radar because if they're found out about just gathering around the pages of a Bible, they might be executed. And Peter's just saying, come on, when you face a financial crisis that you will make it through, just don't waver in your faith, just stay true. It's an area of growth. What if this year for you, it's the year that says, no matter what comes my way, hell or high water from El Nino rains, no matter what comes my way, I'm just going to remain faithful. That doesn't mean you have to love every season or chapter of your life. It just means you don't give up. My God, and that's what people in this county need. It's someone that won't give up no matter what they face. My faith is steadfast. And to steadfast add godliness. And godliness is just acknowledging the role of God in my life. God, you are all powerful, all knowing, and you've got everything I need. So I won't put my trust in my job, in people, in my college education, in my purpose. I won't put my faith in our economy. I won't put my faith in Pastor Kerry. I will put my faith in you and you alone. I need you. And to godliness, I love this, brotherly affection. In the New Testament church, when this was written, it was written to mostly Jews who had just made a declaration of faith and been baptized in the waters of baptism. And when they emerged from those waters, literally, it meant excommunication from their family. In the Jewish culture, family is everything. And so now you have these people who have been awakened to Christ but have lost everything. And Peter's saying, guys, we have got to find strength in unity. We've got to find strength 
in the people who are seated next to us. And he caps this whole thing off, adding to brotherly affection, love. Love is the icing on the cake, not the crappy Ralph's kind that you eat and like, I don't even know, it's not even real. It's like fake, but it's got food coloring. I hate it. You know what I mean? Like the real like buttercream icing that you don't even, you take the cake out and you just eat the icing. That's what this is about. Love is just the, the idea to say, man, even when you frustrate me, I'm going to choose to love you. We're going to make it through this thing. These are just minor components that Peter is saying, hey, there's room for growth in everyone. Listen, that's the, that's the challenge to you. That's what you're going to hear this year through the movement church is, what is your next step? And it doesn't mean you have to take your next step the fullness of it today. Some of us will take strides, and some of us, like Bob from What About Bob, will take baby steps. Y'all aren't old enough to know that movie, I guess. So, you know, baby steps with the goal. Anyway, so listen to what the, the writer continues. He says, For the, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, another growth increasing, they keep you, check this out, from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just, you know what that means? Do you know how many people are walking around today who are working diligently, trying to live life, making a paycheck, filling a 401k, but feel completely ineffective and unfruitful? I wonder how many of us in this room today, and maybe it's just because we've chosen not to grow. He's saying, if you'll keep these on a consistent basis, then you're going to experience a full life. Listen to this. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sin. That would be like somebody committing a crime, going to prison, then somebody coming and saying, I will take the payment for his crime. He is free. And then he chooses to stay in prison. Lacking the quality of growth. Therefore, brothers or sisters, you can put that in there, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. Check this out. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. If you choose growth. If you constantly are saying, God, what is my next step? If you choose to take growth with its pains and its challenges, remembering there's a blessing, both great and precious, if I choose and practice these things. I'll never fall. It doesn't say fail. It doesn't say I'll never fail. Because along the way, the greatest lesson for growth is in the areas that we fail. And this, can I just sum this whole thing up for you today? Accelerate growth, the title of this message. It's not about growing faster. It's not about putting, pushing the pedal to the metal and shifting into sixth gear and hitting. It's simply about not stopping. So for you, your next step might take six months or 2016. Regardless, let's take our next step. Let's choose to accelerate growth. For some of us in this room today, your next step might simply be starting a relationship with Jesus. 
you can work diligently at trying to conjure up things or trying to see God work in your life. But if you haven't begun a relationship with Jesus, it will be fruitless. And here's the great thing and the encouraging thing. Starting a relationship with Jesus is not about walking through the doors of a church. Although it's a great thing. And it's not about trying really desperately to do better things and stop doing bad things. Although those are great things. And, and here's the, the greatest freedom is you don't actually have to erase your past. Beginning a relationship with Jesus is the most amazing thing. And it only begins by saying, Jesus, I gave you my life. And then give him the freedom to work on everything else. And if you're here today and you've never begun that relationship, in just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer right where you're seated. You don't have to get up or move from your seat. You can repeat this prayer after me, make that statement from your heart, and start something brand new. Some of you in this room today have been a Christ follower for many years, but you've been running from Christ for days, weeks, months, or years. And today's a day to come back. When I pray that prayer, would you, in your own heart, join me? The challenge is, if you're here and your next step is beginning that relationship, don't let this moment pass you without making that change. Would you bow your heads, you close your eyes, nobody looking around for just a few moments. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today, you've never prayed this prayer, you need to pray it again for the first time in a long time. Would you just in your own heart, quietly to yourself, just repeat this after me to say, dear God, I know that you're real, that you've given me purpose. God, I've got sin in my life. I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the payment for my sin. And just repeat this phrase in your own heart. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.